This is exactly right. Welcome to my favorite murder. It's the mini sode where we read you your stuff. Don't you love it? We do. It's so easy. <laughs> it's so easy. Should I kick this one off? Do it, Karen. Hello, everyone. This first email I'm going to read to you. The subject line is my dad's seven degrees of murder separation. Ugh. Right? Hi, MFM fam. That's what the kids say these days. Fam. Fam. Yeah. It means family. Oh, mm-hmm. great. Let's just dive in. That's what it says in this email. Not, that's not me. <laughs> I want to talk about other bullshit yeah, forever. me too. But this person wants to dive in. My dad was helping me move out of my yet another terrible mid-20s apartment oh a few weeks ago. Oh, my God. Can we just take a moment? Oh, been there then again and then been there again and again. How about the first studio apartment you live in after you stop living with people? Oh. And you oh. finally <gasps> live in. That's when I got started getting cats. The best time of my life was in that little studio in Hollywood. In fucking in San- Santa Monica and Western, the worst neighborhood. Oh, shit, girl. Yeah, but it was the cutest apartment. Was it really? Yes. It was a hidden gem? It was one of those old brick ones that are super tall. So oh, it yeah? Like, it was like an old-timey one. Oh, did you have brick on the inside of your mm-hmm. apartment? Oh, that's it's rad. so cute. Mine was on Grace in uh, off Coenga. Mm-hmm. And I really loved the apartment. I had friends that lived on the fourth floor, and I lived on the second floor. And I really loved my apartment manager, Polly. What's up, Polly? Hi. Um, he was the best, and I would always be late, late with my rent. And Aww. he was like, Karen, come on. <laughs> come on. I'd be like, okay. And then one time, after I stopped drinking, I lost a ton of weight because I wasn't drinking 12 beers every night. Right. And he stopped me to say I was too thin, and he was worried. Aww. And I was like, that's the most beautiful thing you could ever say to any woman. <laughs> <clears throat> That's not true. It's body positivity. Yes, yes, yes. The ride was an hour each way, and we ran out of things to talk about on the way back. Naturally, I brought up MFM and started sharing with him New Jersey stories from the podcast since that's where we are from. Hmm. Turns out this man is the seven degrees of separation from many high and low profile New Jersey, New York stories. He told me how him and his friends broke into, quote, that asshole John List end quotes Mm. house and played floor hockey in the ballroom where list put his family's bodies oh my god the mansion is only 15 minutes from where i grew up he went on to um say how my great great some relative knew charles Lindbergh and thought he killed his baby and tried to cover it up when one of his practical jokes went wrong apparently Lindbergh had a fucked sense of humor shut the fuck up yes this is alleged i want to hear more I know, right? My jaw dropped even further when he finally told me that he had once bought cocaine off a (laughs) notorious club promoter and murderer, Michael Alec. Oh, my God. When my dad used to DJ at the Limelight in NYC. (laughs) Fucking Who is this man? Who is this man? Oh, my God. How old is this man? How available is this man? (laughs) My dad has worn nothing but freshly ironed dockers and a polo (gasps) shirt all my life. And here he is telling me how he used to buy drugs from a murderer. Insane. Oh, my God. He even told me how he witnessed a low-profile murder in my hometown and was called as a witness. The stories kept spilling out. Over Memorial Day weekend, I went to my family house and my dad handed me a stack of super rad vintage true crime novels dude in the collection of books was his annotated copies of about the hillside strangler bundy mind hunter and a bunch of others i finally learned where my true crime obsession comes from side note 
When I first went to college in NYC, my dad taught me to stand on the subway platform with my back up to the wall so no one could come up behind me. Pro tip. Which which kinds of groups of people are threatening slash to be aware of when walking around late? That seems problematic. And how to pull a (laughs) knife on someone quickly. Man, dads are great. Stay sexy and talk to your parents about murder. They might surprise you. Much love, B. Oh, my God. Amazing. I th- I think it's so true. Parents are untapped sources. Yeah. They don't talk to their kids about stuff like that because it's, you know. Weird. Yeah. It's like, it's scary. Well, but when you're, if you're an adult, if yeah. you have your own apartment, your parents will tell you about fucked up shit they know. Ask, talk to your parents like adults and they'll talk to you like an adult too. Like yeah. ask them questions about their lives because you just don't do that as a kid. As right. someone's child, you don't ask them questions about their lives and then you find out all these interesting things. That's right. And you can actually say, um, I'm right now, I'm preparing your biography. Right. You will die soon. Yeah. Please tell me everything you're while so you still have the chance. Exactly. How's your arthritis? Do you need some Boniva? <laughs> what did you do in high school? That was creepy. Okay. Okay, <laughs> back I have, in the pioneer days. <laughs> um, I have a dad one too. Mm. Uh, my dad worked for a kidnapping. I have a dad. <laughs> That's a dad. what I thought you were saying <laughs> too. My dad worked for a kidnapping rapist. Oh, hey, what's up? I used to be so <laughs> jealous of all the murderinos whose relatives told them of their personal hometown murders until it finally happened to me. Hey. Last weekend, my dad and I were going out of town on a three-hour drive to visit my sick grandma when the unthinkable happened. My dad asked me to put on my quote murder cast I'm always listening to and tell and telling him about nervously I searched for the perfect debut episode to ease him in and I finally decided to play my favorite episode Weapon Bush episode 81 what What? the fuck (laughs) why did we I don't even know Weapon Bush we'll have to ask Steven about it after he doesn't know he must know he he walks all of this out (laughs) as he should Weapon Um, Bush episode 81 when Georgia tells the satisfying story of how Dr. Jeffrey McDonald was caught for murdering his wife and two sweet baby angels yes I cringed and tried to talk over the more gruesome details of Karen's Peter Curtin story so my dad wouldn't freak out and change his mind in in wanting to listen and bond with me over this quote taboo subject. We got through the episode and I decided to play a mini-sode to get some laughs in. In the middle of the mini-sode my dad says to me, hey something like that happened to me. I'm sorry I'm doing Marty's voice. I don't know. I love it. It's perfect. (laughs) I couldn't believe it. It was finally happening to me. I paused the podcast and tried not to seem too eager. My dad tells me about this one horrible supervisor he had in the 80s when he landed a job as an assembly line worker question mark who cares <laughs> she says um, he said he hated a supervisor because he never did any work unless the big bosses came around and was rude to everyone he came into contact with my dad left the factory question mark <laughs> to serve in the air force and when he came back um, his mom my grandma asked him did you ever work with George my dad rolled his eyes and said yes then my grandma proceeds to tell my dad that he was arrested for kidnapping and rape. Oh, she writes. So this fucking guy <laughs> kidnapped a young girl from his neighborhood, tied her up in his home, and would rape her repeatedly oh. every day. Ew. Sorry. When the parents held a search party to look for her, all caps, this fucking guy would be looking for her alongside the rest of his neighbors. Yeah. After a few weeks of being held captive, the girl managed to get away and tell authorities everything. Yes. Badass. Yes. She wrote. After the first few episodes ended, my dad turned to me and said, wow, so do they have an episode about Jean Bonnet? <laughs> yes, we do, sir. We absolutely do. I'm sorry this is such a long email. I just had to share this exciting bonding moment between me and my dad. Thank you and SSTGM, Brittany. 
I love it, I Brittany. Love it. Congratulations on finally cracking that case. That's right. That dad case. That's right. It's an exciting feeling. It is. It can happen to you too. <laughs> I hate that band though. <laughs> you too? <laughs> That's stupid. It can happen to Bono and the Edge. <laughs> I'm not going to read the subject line of this. Hi, everyone. First off, thanks for making our parentheses or tag teaming authoring this work day is so much more enjoyable we're glad our co-workers don't know we actually listen to a murder podcast all day instead of music but you definitely make the day more enjoyable second off confession we are not the protagonists of the story but it was way too good not to share with you we live in chicago and this last winter was a very cold one near the end of january the temperatures reached minus 27 degrees mm. with a wind chill it felt like minus minus 50 degrees Mm-mm-mm-mm. but global warming is a hoax okay (laughs) literally colder than antarctica alaska and the north pole uh because of this the entire city shut down and most companies let their employees work from home which pretty much meant drinking spiked hot chocolate and watching movies hell yeah god bless well some of our friends also worked from home and during the day began hearing weird noises from their attic this better not be a creepypasta Um, But they said friends. Yeah. Okay. I believe them so far. We'll see. They believed it was just some animal trying to escape the cold temperatures. Mm -hmm. So to get proof for their landlord, they stuck a selfie stick into the attic opening to try to get a photo of the animal. Oh. When they brought the selfie stick back down and went to look at the photo, it turned out not to be an animal, but instead the photo revealed a man crouching down in the corner (gasps) trying to avoid being captured on the phone. No. In all caps, UGG MY WORST NIGHTMARE. Turns out, this man had moved into our friend's apartment before they moved in when the unit was empty. Our friends moved in in September, so they had been unknown cohabitating with this man for five months. No, 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 no. Five months. Turns out, when they would go to work during the day, he would come down from the attic and live in their apartment. He used the shower, ate their food, and watched their TV. Who knows what else? Holy shit. The worst part was that the opening to the attic was in one of their rooms. <gasps> Thank the Lord he wasn't a creepy sexual predator, and I'm so glad he never physically hurt them, but he definitely emotionally scared the bejesus out of them. (laughs) Can you imagine looking at that photo? That photo. Silently, and then everyone turns and runs out the door? I mean, here's the thing. We're doubting that this could be a creepypasta. This could be based on other stories. Who cares? Picks or didn't happen. It seems like they have picks. Yeah. These are gettable picks. Right. If pos. Yes. Thanks for listening to this, Mary and Katie. Do you think they kicked him out or just started charging him rent? (laughs) They're like, if you shower a couple more times a week, this is a fine situation. Like, we're not going to make you pay, like, part, like, half of it because you're only staying in the crawl space. Yeah, you just have to crouch up there. Like, give him, like, a a quarter or, like, of the rent. Yeah. Right? Sure. Why not? If he's not, I mean, if it's been that long and he hasn't done anything creepy to them, he's a good, pretty fucking good roommate. How about you build some fucking stairs? Yeah. Mary and Katie's have you had friends. Ba- we've all had bad roommates. That sounds like a great roommate. Yeah, exactly. He you, waits till you're gone, lets you, you have your life. Does he do the dishes he must have, or they would have noticed? That's a good point. That's an amazing point, because we, I was in a standoff one time when I lived in Sacramento in the haunted house. Yeah. We would not do the dishes, and we all blamed each other, like, yes. you're the one that never does it. And the, the, Kitchen sink was just filled with dishes it's all the, the time. Did and I did I ever tell you about the time I had a similar roommate situation and we were out of paper towels and I was like, hey, we've all bought paper towels. It's your turn to, use, to buy paper towels. And she goes, I don't really use paper towels. And Mm-mm. then she leaves me a note about borrowing something of mine in my bathroom on, on a, a paper, paper towel. <laughs> As it was 
she was too stupid for it to be on purpose. Yeah. Because it would have been fucking pretty great. <laughs> How great is that? Oh. Okay. This is from my friend, Brooke Van Poplin. So she says, hey, gang, I sent this to Georgia over two years ago when you still read about hometown murders. And I'm so thrilled that after many excellent stories about things found in walls, first responder stories, and I think even sinkholes, you've returned to good old fashioned murder stories from where you grew up. And this is... That. This is my hometown murder story from the Detroit suburbs where my dad was a cop and I was more than likely blasting Janet Jackson's Rhythm Nation cassette from my boombox and roller skating in my basement. There are some conflicting details and stories, but this is the most reported version I found. It was November 1989 when two teenagers, Joseph Pisano, 17, and Bruce Michaels, 16, went on an armed robbery spree that claimed the lives of Rochester, Michigan residents Glenn and Wanda Tarr. The teens chose their victims at random, which is an extra layer of scary bullshit. After finishing dinner, 58-year-old Wanda Tarr, a life insurance agent, went to meet with a client and before doing so, stopped to withdraw money from an ATM where Bruce and Joseph had been lurking around waiting for a victim. They followed her into a quiet neighborhood she was heading into and cut her off and held her at gunpoint. She was only three miles from her home. They forcibly robbed her for a sum total of $15 and then kidnapped her. The monsters drove her into a park in Pontiac, which is a neighboring city to Rochester Hills, and fatally shot her in the head and just dumped her body there. They neatly stacked her insurance forms next to her body. What sucks about Pontiac in that era is that the sound of gunshots was nothing to rouse attention or suspicion. Mm -hmm. Then, using Wanda's ID, this is the fucking worst, Joseph and Bruce figured out how to navigate back to the Tar's residence, where they broke into the house and told 53-year-old Glenn Tar that they'd abducted his wife. Glenn, a GM Chevrolet executive, was tied up while they ransacked the house for jewelry and electronics. Then, kidnapping Glenn, they shoved him into the trunk of a car and stole the other two cars, uh, a Chevy Cavalier and a Geo Prism. Oh, what yeah. a great car, the Geo Prism. <laughs> Why don't those exist anymore? Because uh, they're being used as gift boxes for a lot of, for a lot of things. Good. The two then drove Glenn to two other ATM machines in the area, but apparently failed to get money out of them, says one source. But another source says they got $500 total, plus the $15 they took from Wanda. So five fifteen total. <laughs> Maybe just 15 Oh, so f- Oh, source-wise, yeah. Yeah. Got it. Um, the assailants drove Glenn, oh, this is so awful, back to the exact place in the park where they had shot and killed Wanda, who was lying there murdered in front of Glenn when they shot him six times and dumped him next to his wife's body. They, so they made him look at his dead wife before they killed it him. Sounds like That's it. That's fucking the definition of evil. Remember how we asked for hometowns? We've changed our mind. <laughs> <laughs> right? Several hours later, at 5 a.m., a neighbor called the police, noting that the, the Tar's house looked suspicious. Uh, the garage was open and empty with the lights on, which is not typical. Later that morning, a woman walking her dog in Pontiac Park found the Tars' lifeless bodies. A search for the killers and stolen cars ensued, and while my dad was on patrol, he actually found one of the cars belonging to the Tars abandoned on the outskirts of Rochester um, in a really rural part of town on a dirt road, normally reserved for teenage, underage beer drinking and shenanigans and then she writes guilty i asked my dad if he remembered if he found the prism or the cavalier and he said he honestly couldn't remember being from motor city this is inexcusable to me but whatever (laughs) true (laughs) as for the killers they were clearly young and dumb and after robbing and killing the tars these two psychopaths went to a dance club and bragged about what they had done they 
were sloppy in every res- in every respect and picked up by police quickly. The violence and senselessness of their acts really rocked the community, and the two received maximum sentences of life without parole. Even spookier, turns out our good family friend was at a McDonald's near the Tars house on the night they were murdered. She was with her two her young boys eating inside when two creepy teens came into the Golden Arches and they eyeballed her and her kids in a way that made her feel incredibly threatened. It was Joseph and Bruce, as she found out a few days later when their mugshots appeared in the news after being arrested. She went cold when she recognized them instantly. The way the murder timeline works out is that the murderers stop stop into Mickey D's after killing Wanda, but before killing Glenn. Whoa. Whether it was before they abducted Glenn and put him in, basically, it could have been with while he was in the trunk outside or not. They're not sure of the timeline. And she fucking saw them at McDonald's and was creeped out by them. They're eating food. Yeah. They're getting a snack between murders. <sighs> the Tars have five children, one of which has spoke out that his faith has given him the ability to finally forgive the teenage killers after all these years. Scary fucking stuff. Thank you for the many hours of twisted companionship mixed with advocacy for victims, mental health awareness, and tough talk about how we women are a force when we come together for good. Love you both and stay sexy and try not to be the victim of absolute bullshit you have no control over. Yeah. From Burke Van Poplin. And she has a podcast that's a bunch of friends of mine called Sidework. What, about waitressing? About waitressing and yeah. waiting tables and the interview. Restaurant people. stuff? Restaurant stuff. That's, that's great. Yeah. God, that's so... Here's the thing. It, it's like... How how did they find each other, those two teens? Right. And how did they, it's like, they. how did they both realize? I want to know the dynamic between the two of them. Yeah. It's like the DC sniper where you're like, this isn't common. No. How are the two of you together on this? You're both perfectly okay doing this. Right. Like like the Columbine shooters. It's just like, you're both, yep, and moving forward without the fucking second thought. Right. It's it's insane. It's and there's so many chances to stop to right. to go. Oh my god, that just happened, and that's the worst thing of all time. I'm running or yeah. something, and it yeah. doesn't. It's just it's just, it just so creepy. escalates. Yeah. yeah. If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, and June's journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman, on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens, and don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the detective club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out, you never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Goodbye. Georgia, have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant? Like, perfectly scrambled eggs. Oh my God, yes, Karen. And then all I want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day. Well, you probably could as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient 
Made In Cookware. Made In was created to bring restaurant quality performance kitchenware to home chefs around the world. For years, they've built their business by supplying restaurants and top chefs with high-end cookware. Some of Tom Colicchio's most treasured dishes at his restaurant craft are made in Made In. Whether you're cooking for professional critics or just the critics you live with, your meals will benefit from the quality of Made In products. Like their carbon steel cookware, it combines the best of both cast iron and stainless steel clad, so it's rugged enough for grills or an open flame. It's the MVP of summer cookouts and cook-ins. What I really love about made-in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a Memorial Day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill if you need to throw, say, a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom. It's strong enough, durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made in, made in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit madeincookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com. Goodbye. There's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back. I know. It sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone, but it also sounds like we just sold some merch. That's right. And if you're a Shopify user like us, you know that this sound means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com murder. And here's the important note, that promo code is all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level. That's shopify.com slash murder. Again, don't forget the code is all lowercase. Goodbye. Here's my last one and we'll fold McDonald's back into oh. it. Oh. Because we did ask for drive through stories, remember? Yeah, this is weird. There's a we I got a couple good one good ones. Okay. Uh, but this uh this one I love. Hi Karen Georgia and sweet furry angels. No. <laughs> Have I got a creepy fast food story for you? Okay, so when I was 16, I'd just gotten hired at McDonald's. In the car, on the way to my first shift, my mom my mom, mom. Canadian. My mom says to me, did I ever tell you about the CIA agent in the drive-thru? I said no, and she proceeded to tell me the story of when my uncle worked at a Burger King drive-thru in the town of Surrey, British Columbia. FYI, I asked my uncle to fill in some of the blanks in the story when I knew I was going to write you. Great. Um, Fact-checking. Right? We should Good try job. it sometime. This is, this is basic true crime reporting, and you've done it great. <laughs> Who, what, when, where, how. That's it. It was sometime in the late 80s, and my uncle was working at the front counter when a woman pulled up to the drive-thru and handed the girl at the window a note that said, call this number and tell them I'm being followed. (gasps) The lady sped off, and the girl opened the note, which said something like, I work for the CIA and I'm being followed, call this number. Since this is Canada, the manager called the good old RCMP to have them investigate. Uh. Soon, the small-town Burger King 
<laughs> small town Burger King mm. was swarmed with cop cars and RCMP officers who were all deciding whether or not to call the number themselves Dude. or forget about it since the lady was probably just a crazy person. <laughs> well, they end up calling the number and it turns out to be a all caps <gasps> direct line to the CIA or the Secret Service. Oh my God. And then in parentheses, my mom and uncle can't decide which one. <laughs> but I think, isn't Secret Service just for protection of like uh, the president and stuff? Uh, I think. No matter what my answer is, it's, I don't. Don't know. We'll be wrong. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I'm guessing CIA. Okay. The officers gave the Americans on the other end all the information that they asked for and interviewed everyone working mm-hmm. that day, including my uncle, who says it was one of the most thrilling days of his career. Yes. Looking back on it now, he says that the lady who came through the drive-thru was probably just some disturbed woman who happened to have the direct line to an American intelligence <laughs> agency, but I guess we'll never know. No I'm way. sorry. Hey, guess what, uncle? It was your experience and it's your life, but you're fucking wrong. Yeah. That's crazy. You guys, you guys... Yeah. You don't understand how hard it is to get the phone number to the CIA because you're Canadian. That's right. That's like being able to call Dudley Do Right. Yeah. No, it was totally a CIA agent. That's a cartoon Canadian Mountie. (laughs) I'm being insulting to everybody. Uh, Thank you for making my commutes to school so much more interesting. And also, your book is the best birthday present I've ever received. Eh, Stay sexy and don't give crazy people a direct number to the CIA. (laughs) She wasn't crazy, goddammit. She she could have been crazy, but she was also a CIA agent. She was absolutely a CIA agent. And maybe crazy, but that's okay. You go deep cover because you don't look like a CIA agent. You don't have slick back hair. It's not some men in black thing. What a smart thing to do to hand it to the fucking, like you're handing money. Like, that's so CIA. Yes. It's straight out of CIA 101. And she called the number with CIA. Yeah, it was a pizza place next door. And I love that she fucking like bombed her by calling, like, getting the RCMP to fucking show up instead. Yeah. So whoever's following her was like, oh, that, oh, that was me. that was absolutely her and yeah. them. And anyway, stay Sorry. sexy and don't give. Cre- oh, I already said that. Yeah. Sorry. The only thing I didn't say is the signature, which is just the letter A. Oh, she's in the CIA, probably. <laughs> That's some CIA shit right there. That's some identity hiding motherfucking bullshit. Okay. Mine is, this one's way less murdery than my other two have been. Okay. This is called the Marshmallow Incident. Lighthearted. <laughs> Hello, longtime listener, first time emailer. I'm the youngest of four children. We're all very close in age and a pretty physical bunch. So there are plenty of stories from my childhood that ended in the emergency room that I could tell you about. But one of the more infamous stories took place when I was only about a year old. I know the details because it has been told to me about a thousand times. My whole family was roasting marshmallows and palling around in the front yard one summer evening. At the time, my brother Micah was three and my sister Naomi was four. Micah wanted to play with one of those plastic yellow wiffle ball bats you know the kind everyone had growing up yep yep his little toddler arms couldn't handle holding the metal skewer with his marshmallow and the bat at the same time (laughs) so he put the pointy end of the skewer in his mouth to free up his arms no wait sorry how old three three oh you know where this is going and started reaching for the bat (laughs) baby kebab My sister was riding around on her tricycle and like any bratty older sister decided that she wanted a yellow bat when she noticed Micah going for it. So she rode over and tried to yank it away before he could grab it. In the process, the bat bumped into the skewer in his mouth and pushed it all the way back into his throat so far that it actually poked through the fleshy skin under his ear. Oh, no. Steven. No, (laughs) Steven's barfing. That's not okay. It happened. That's this isn't creepy pasta. I f- I forget that th- your ears are yeah, basically yeah. connected to your mouth. Tender bits. Ear, nose, throat. Doctor, please no. Tender bits. T- 
tender three-year-old bits, oh. just like chicken cutlets, <laughs> cut up and skewered for a delicious summertime treat. That's right. My parents, who were presumably busy pouring themselves another glass of wine while all this went down, <laughs> yeah. uh, immediately jumped into action, threw Micah into the pickup truck, and my dad started speeding him to the closest ER. My dad was too afraid to remove the skewer himself. Good, good. Micah, Never remove skewers. But little Micah was like, I don't like this and I want it gone. <laughs> and he yanked the skewer out while my dad was driving. Oh. At the ER, the doctors explained that the skewer had missed his carotid artery, the one that supplies all the blood to your brain by mm. less than a centimeter. <gasps> Shit. If it had been punctured, he probably would have died. If my brother hadn't just pulled the skewer out himself, it would have been an extremely risky surgery to have removed it. <laughs> what? Yeah. But the lady luck was on our side, and Micah was sent home half an hour later with a Band-Aid and a sticker. <laughs> To this day, metal skewers are strictly forbidden from our house. We can only roast marshmallows with very thin and flimsy sticks we find in the yard. <laughs> and Naomi still gets teased for almost killing our brother over a baseball bat. Yep. Thank you for keeping me entertained during long commutes and boring days at grad school. SSDGM, Hannah. Holy shit, Hannah. That's like, that's why people believe in the Lord or a God of right, some kind. Right, Because that's... Crazy. A miracle. It's a miracle it didn't kill him on the way in. And then a three-year-old performed his own throat surgery. That's right. And lived. I would like to congratulate Hannah for eliciting uh, the weirdest noises I've ever heard Stephen make in my (laughs) fucking life. Stephen, what was that? so sorry. It gets worse every time. It was the the flag. Yes. And then there was, I think, like falling off the the balcony or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's just more Are you gagging? I think I just uttered, yeah, I think it just sounded horror. You feel horror. it. Yeah, yeah you like, almost like... Like, yeah, I was like feeling it in my... Yeah. It's, it's happening to you. Oh. Yeah. That's how amazing Hannah's storytelling Hannah, was. great true, job. True you nailed up. Yeah. Um, unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, send us your fucked up, not fucked up, fucked around, fucked with stories. All of it. All of them. Don't send us fucking stories. No fucking That's stories. That's not this podcast. That's not what we're about. That's not what we do. You know that about us. Stop it. <laughs> Uh, and uh, stay sexy. And don't get murdered. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Elvis, you want cookie? <laughs>